Good morning, everybody. Paul Cerro here, Portfolio Manager from Cedar Grove Capital, here to talk to you about this week's chart of the week around stock-based compensation. Uh, so the chart that I'm going to be talking to you about um, is really only about uh, consumer and retail companies. Um, doesn't talk about tech, doesn't talk about anything else. And it revolves around uh, what um, stock-based compensation does to um, add backs for adjusted EBITDA. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, many unprofitable companies are leveraging the use of stock-based compensation when it comes to addbacks, specifically geared towards improving overall adjusted EBITDA. This addback can make many unprofitable companies look profitable or less profitable on a non-GAAP basis because accounting labels it as a non-cash expense. However, some companies are abusing this addback, and I wanted to show how bad by taking a few examples showing how much SBC as a percent of LTM sales and as a percent of total addbacks for adjusted EBITDA, it actually takes up. So in the chart, I have some companies labeled that you might be familiar with, uh, Dutch Bros Coffee, On Running Shoes, uh, Warby Parker, Figs, Honest Company, um, Oatly, so the guys who make the milk, um, Allbirds, Sweet Green, Rent the Runway, one of my favorites, Exponential Fitness, and another consumer name, um, Olaplex. And there's two main uh, data points here. One is showing stock-based compensation as a percent of overall sales in the last 12 months and or yeah, and um, stock-based compensation as a percent of all of the ad backs that the company uses to basically bridge either their net income uh, gain or loss to adjusted EBITDA. So all of the in-between between adjusted EBITDA and the ne their net loss or net gain is what um, I'm using as the total of ad backs. And it's actually pretty frightening because there's been a lot of talks about how um, tech companies are the ones who really abuse this. But looking show just showing you consumer and retail names, it's actually pretty bad. So the worst uh, culprit is actually Dutch Bros. Their stock-based compensation takes up almost 32% of their total sales, so literally one-third of their sales, um, is their stock-based compensation. I'm not saying that they earn money off that, but saying that stock-based compensation takes up basically a third of top line. And what's even worse is that of all of their ad backs, it takes up 77%. So almost over three-quarters of their ad backs is literally just stock-based compensation. That's how much they're issuing. Um, other ones such as like Warby Parker, 20% of sales, 65% of total ad backs. Um, Figs, which is one that um, Cedar Grove Capital shorted back in, in November, 20% uh, of sales, 57% of ad backs. Uh, Sweetgreen, Sweetgreen, at least on a sales basis, isn't bad. It's only 8% 8, 8 of sales, but it's 32% of all the ad backs. So, literally, almost one third of all the ad backs. Stock-based compensation, and to kind of show you, like not all not all players are are, are bad here. Um, Exponential Fitness is literally six percent of sales and twelve percent of adjusted EBITDA, and also Olaplex is not even a percent of total sales or two point one percent of addbacks. So to kind of give you um, a range here between like those high-profile names and like less kind of profile names, and how they kind of um, compare and contrast with each other as far as how stock-based compensation affects their non-GAAP. Um, earnings. 
So it's, it's really important to remember this, this chart and the example that I gave you for, for really two reasons. Number one, you never want to take adjusted EBITDA at face value because you just don't know what's in it or what's actually propping it up. Like when I just mentioned for Dutch bros, that's 77% of their ad backs is literally stock-based compensation. Um, but the, the second important part is that while stock-based compensation technically doesn't use cash because it is a non-cash expense, it does contribute to the dilution of a company's market cap, which means that you as an investor, unless you keep buying more, also get diluted. And there's, there's really one big example that I want to show to you um, about this because it's something that you know I completely discounted when um, I published research on it in the beginning of last year, 2021, and it's with Twitter. So Twitter actually went public in 2013. And while its market cap has almost doubled since then, right? So what is that, like nine years? Um, while, it's, while its market cap has almost doubled since then, you'd, you'd imagine that their price has been reflective of that. But in actuality, the stock price has only risen by a mere 4.7% since its IPO due to their excessive use of stock-based compensation. So literally, if you invested into Twitter when it went, into, when it went public in 2013, right? So almost a decade ago, your return since then would have literally just been 4.7%. And that's mainly driven because of the, uh, the dilution from stock-based compensation. So um, this chart, I just really wanted to show you, but uh, tech is not alone in this. Consumer retail names, especially the newer ones, have been trying to lure in um, top talent with stock-based compensation. And obviously when, they, when they're private and they go public, that's when a lot of employees reap the, reap the rewards if they haven't been destroyed since the, by then. Um, but... Yeah, so something to t something to consider, something to you know keep in your back pocket when you're looking at new opportunities. Um, I know I have been. Um, so thank you so much for listening in. Until next time, guys. This is Paul Sarah from Cedar Grove Capital.